You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast, and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business, no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more spark in your business, check out our membership spark 365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com. And a huge shout out to spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the spark podcast and women in business. So good, Lil. Welcome to Spark TV. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime, anytime. Let's dive straight in and tell everybody who you are and what you do. Okay. Uh, So name's Lil, obviously. Um, And I am an autistic ADHD psychologist, um, personal trainer, yoga teacher, doing all the fingers in multiple pie bucket kind of things. Um, And I currently own my business, which is called NeuroConnection. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with autistic ADHD is predominantly um, in therapy, but also um, group things, couple therapy, assessments and diagnosis, uh, retreats, workshops. uh, And I've recently released a few products as well. So I like to do a lot of things at the same time. Uh, and so you don't sleep. <laughs> oh, I get about like five hours a night. It's great. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love the multi-passionate entrepreneur. I am guilty of that myself, but I don't think I could have it any other way. I just like, I like shiny things and I like, you know, to do Probably. things. And it's just nice because if one project ends, then you've just got like about 50 others on the back burner anyway. <laughs> Exactly. And like, you know, it gets boring if there's not lots of new fun things to do. Why not? Very, very true. At some point it does shoot, like I do shoot myself in the foot, but so far I, I, I'm leaning quite cruisily. So I'm, I'm, I'm gr- very grateful for that. <laughs> oh, that is so good. So how did you get into this? Oh, well, it started um, when, how long ago? So I've only been in business. I'm coming up to my two year anniversary, which I'm super excited about. Um yes. But two years ago, a little bit before then, I was working for an employer who was totally ripping me off. Um, they were making no. a good amount of bank and I was copying like nothing. And so, and there was a bit of exploitation in terms of being an autistic ADHD, being the shiny mm-hmm. clinician um, in the field. So uh, I was like, mm, I know what I'm worth now with what you're charging and I'd rather just be able to survive and provide for myself and I feel like a lot of the values were a little bit misaligned so I said can I swear oh my god please I okay. welcome swearing cool. so I said fuck it basically and um I got a 1k loan from one of my friends yeah um, just to start out my space uh I got a 10k personal loan so I had like nothing in my bank just for reference yeah. Um, and I had some very, very loyal clients that were like, we will follow you wherever you go. I'm like, I technically have a clause where I can't say where I'm going, but um, I have a name. And I'm this- sure you'll find me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so there was a little bit of that and um, everything just like looked online at ASIC, all the things that you need to do. How do you start a business? How do you do it? So I'm actually like a company, but it's technically like a small business owner because it's just yeah. myself. Um, and 
went from there, found a place, used uh, the 10K loan to put towards like a deposit for rent in advance and um, kind of like hope for the best. And, you know, two years later, I'm almost about to celebrate my rebrand launch and the new things that are coming up for the year. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but that's sort of how I started. Nice. That's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, unfortunately, the my employer was less than delightful story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And it really sucks. Like, I mean, I know, like, obviously, we're business owners. Um, You know, I employ people. I try not to be a dick. I mean, (laughs) yes, I've got to make money. So it does need to make sense economically. But you don't have to be a dick about it. You know, it is really interesting how many horror stories there are. Well, not even just horror stories, but ordinary stories there are out there. Um, I don't know, but I guess I think it'll make you a fabulous employer, you know, if that's sort of something that you want to explore in the future, having that background. I've given it a go. Uh, Personally, I think being autistic, I just kind of like to be on my own. Um, Being said, I do recognize the value of help. And I think uh, because of the expansion that I'm going to be doing, I need to start getting people on board. So I Mm. think that subcontractors and contractors are a lot easier. So I think that's where my middle ground is in terms of that. So that way everyone's getting a fair split. And yeah, I think that exposure to all of the history that I've had in jobs, I'm like, no, I don't need to be greedy. I can still get profits without having to be completely uh, over the top about it. So I think that's been something that's at least been, yeah, a helpful thing. Totally. I think, I mean, I always say that like, you know, we going through this human experience, there's always going to be ups and downs if we take the downs and learn from them and apply them to our lives in meaningful ways, then they're, they're not so bad. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's so good. No, I love it. I think it's always interesting to hear people's backstories to figure out kind of how, you know, they got to where they went. That's it. I'm starting a business. I'm doing this for myself. So what was that transition like for you? So going from employee to business owner, I mean, obviously you said you went out and got some cash financing, um, you know, you did the research. What was it like for you, I guess, as a neurodivergent person going from employee to business owner? How did you find that process? It was so impulsive. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad that it, uh, you know, so being an ADHD, the autistic side had to follow through. The ADHD mm. side is like, I just like the idea of this. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that there's a little part of my brain that's like, mm, no, we, we have to be accountable. Mm. Um, but what it was like, you know, it was actually like a three-week process uh, and that was it before I started. So um, I went from giving my resignation when I found out what the salary was going to be. So I'd actually just finished my master's degree and my all my placements had done. Wow. And we had the uh, negotiation around salary and I, whoa, like if I had known that it was that ah, and panicked mm. and I was like, I'm not going to be able to sustain myself like this. So within that time, uh, I think it took a week for me to look online, looking at feasibility I was like, mm, should I, shouldn't I? Handed in my resignation. And then, yeah, the other two weeks was just looking up, researching, doing the things. And then by the time that was done, I think I had my first client like two weeks after. Wow. So it was such a quick and fast paced process. And I do credit, uh, I guess, the fact that I had time off to explore all of those things. Mm. Uh, but it was really, really quick. And I, I suppose because I love doing a deep dive into the research and figuring out all the information, I kind of had everything I needed 
quickly booked in a meeting with a tax accountant saying, is this everything that I need? Just want to make sure I'm covering my back. And they were like, you do not need to see us. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I just went off that. (laughs) How good is that? I love it. And it's, you know, sometimes that's the best thing, right? Like just do it, just get in and do it. You can kind of procrastinate over ideas like not even just starting a business, even once you have a business, it may be a new product idea or a decision you have to make. You know, we can drag things out for a while. Sometimes just getting in and getting it done is the best way. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. That's definitely, I guess, the ethos that I work from. I'm always like, it could always get better. Like you throw it out, see how it's Mm. responded to, and then you can just maneuver it, fix it, mold it into a way that's more responsive to the people that you're working with and the people that you're directing it at. So Uh, Yeah, could not agree more. (laughs) No, and that is such a good philosophy. I love that as well. Like, um, because also not every idea we have is going to work. So (laughs) if we spend all this time trying to make it perfect and then get it out there, we're so disappointed when people are like, eh, not so much. But if you kind of get it out there imperfectly, figure it out, get get the feedback from your potential customers or your customers and then improve it, I feel like that's the best approach. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And what about, so challenges? So obviously it was like, okay, get in, get it done, get launched, customer by week three. Okay, now a couple of years on, that's huge. Like so many businesses don't last that long. So congratulations, that is amazing. What's it been like over the last two years? Any kind of highs and lows for you? Uh, Yeah, so I think in terms of the lows, it's really been so hitting burnout episodes and really Mm. having to monitor for self-care. Mm. Um, and I guess when you're running your own business, getting sick, you know, you can't pay yourself for time off. And if you're the only person that's providing the support, you know, you're covering all of the fees, all of the overheads, all of the admin. And I, I have to say yeah. the emails that I have to respond to. And like, I just, I look at my inbox and I go, that's piling up. I should get to that. I should do that. I'm oh just going to like step away from my computer. But yeah. I I think like the admin component of things is just a little bit much but um all the more worth it as well I think that a lot of the highs have really been about the expansion and being so grateful for my clients so a, a lot of the clients that moved over from the practice to me uh I have immense gratitude for and towards and all of the clients that I saw over the last two years, I'm still seeing them. Um, so I'm exceptionally grateful for both the loyalty component, but the ongoing rapport that I'm building. Um, and I've recently just so starting the expansion bit. So I've released some products. Some, I have a neurodivergent affirming deck um, that I created, oh. audio reassurances. And now I'm setting up the space. Um, so for the launch thing that I mentioned there's going to be a neurodivergent friendly co-working space that I've developed. So I'm setting it all up at the moment. And so the fact that there's a room for expansion, the fact that I have the ability to do that, I think is something that I'm immensely grateful for. And I wouldn't be able to do it without my community. I love that so much. And it's super interesting, you know, mentioning, so going obviously from, you know, the practice, the consulting kind of style of business to a physical product, to a space like that is so exciting being able to bring in all of those different business models and different revenue streams as well. Like, I love that. 
what was it like creating a physical product? I'm always super curious about, because, you know, there's a lot of information out there online around, you know, services-based work, because it's kind of something that's not easy, but easier to kind of dive into if you can. What's What was it like creating a physical product? Um, it was, yeah, very different. Uh, I think because it's easier when people need help, <laughs> you see yeah. them. So it's kind of like the, the income comes in its own way. Yeah. Um, the idea itself, I think one of the biggest things that I do when I'm creating is I do it for me. It's very selfish in that way, or at least self-oriented. Mm-hmm. I think about what I would have needed when I was, you know, younger in therapy in needing that kind of stuff. So every product that I make, is really easy because it's a creative process for me and I enjoy the creativity and it's a bit healing in and of itself. Yeah. Um, the speaking with suppliers bit was a bit tricky and obviously the cost uh, of investment and then, you know, having to look for different distributors. Um, mm. Happy to show you the decks if you'd like. Um, but Totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a process. But can Did you do it in Australia or offshore? Yep, in Australia. So oh. I think my first print deck so the people that I did it with can I name drop because they, they were yeah, awesome. yeah. go for um, it anyone that you want to like say good things about go for it so e-print in Brisbane um they're a very small company business themselves and so they do all of the stuff and so uh they look at dimensions they do the boxing and pretty much you get to do it as you go um which I found really really helpful and I contacted them and all the conversions I had to do myself, but it was pretty simple. Um, like this is the, there is some stains on it because I've actually eaten food. This is my copy. Um, but <laughs> I love it so much. That's like in out in the wild. Like it's, it is. this is real life people. <laughs> um, and the first card I actually individually draw and put like little card stickers on. Oh my God, that's so cute. That's like so the first one. Mm. And then everything is like little so it's all written with my left hand to look like a child's writing because in a child wow. and they're all related to neurodivergent things. So like, it's not always, always my fault. Mm. I'm driven. Uh, I give and receive openly. I choose my healing. Like I'm trying my best. My value is not tied to my productivity, which I'm sure you and I both need. Uh, thank you. That uh, card is just specifically drawn to for me today. <laughs> Yeah, and it's hard not to, you know, tie our value to our productivity because I'm assuming as, you know, business people in this space, Mm -hmm. it is really hard and there's always going to be competitors or people bringing out new things, particularly with capitalism and the way that everything rolls in and out. So it's tricky stuff. (laughs) It's so true though and it's really interesting because, um, yes, we definitely have neurodivergent people in the Spark community. We have um, non-neurodivergent people. Um, I'm not, but I, you know, even just that conversation, I've had so many conversations today about rest. So I had COVID last week and drives, like being unproductive, drives me bananas, you know, sitting there going, I know I need to rest. I know I need to look after myself, but what about this to-do list? (laughs) What about building the empire? And then it's this almost immense guilt for not creating something. And if you push yourself while you're sick, it just makes your sickness go longer, which is not really a fair thing, but it's also, it validates itself in the importance of rest. 
It so does. And it's so infuriating that it's true. Like you're so much more productive when you do rest, but also that like, if you have a day off, like the world doesn't actually end. I love that. I do love that card that your worth, your value is not tied to productivity because I feel like as business owners, we do measure ourselves against a to-do list, against items done, against revenue generated, you know, not always the impact that we have in people's lives. Absolutely. And I wish there was sort of like a measure for that. Maybe I create a resource around that. Mm, Yes, Um, do it. It's such a, yeah, it's a tricky thing. And I do think that it's hard to, when you are, I guess, the OG business owner as well, that's still overseeing everything. Because a lot of people do like to get managers that oversee, and then it sort of gives them that space between. But, you know, I don't know about yourself, but for myself, I am I'm like, I need to be there. I need to make sure it's oh. right. I need to make sure that everything that is being produced and created, it needs to be exactly how I want it. And then that's why I don't hire people because then I, I I know that I become this like really irritating micromanager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Massive, massive micromanager. Oh. I know I try desperately hard not to, but I seriously, if I don't hear from people and what they're doing, I just sit there go, and that's all I think about. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, you have them to trust them to do their job. Could you just focus on your job, Danny? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't trust them. That's why I'm worried. I need to know what they're doing. Oh my God. I love it. Do you have any tips? It's it's an interesting thought that popped into my head um, as a neurodivergent business owner for other neurodivergent business owners, like anything that's worked for you to help you manage overwhelm, manage stress, grow the business, anything like that? Uh, yes. So first things first, ideas. Have an idea book where you put down your ideas. Not all of them are going to be solid. Not all of them are going to be followed through, but keep them in there. Most of them are going to be good and you can tick them off. There's no like timeline to do it. Just have them okay. there and accessible. You'll probably lose the notebook, but you'll find it again. <laughs> um, One day when it needs to come back into your life, it will. <laughs> it'll return when it needs to, you know, a spiritual guidance right there. Um <laughs> So you could do that. Um, another thing that I'd say as well is sort of not burning yourself out through visualization. A big thing that neurotypicals actually do is the idea of visualization of your goals. And that's mm-hmm. brilliant. And I think it's a fantastic idea. But ADHD is actually get the same level of dopamine through visualizing. And so we tend to like not do the thing because we've already got our dopamine hit. Oh, wow. It's really important that we try not to visualize, but we try to action while visualizing because that's what's going to be doing it. So I don't know if you've ever seen like Instagram reels or TikTok videos of like cooking food and you're like, oh my gosh, that looks so delicious. I'm so keen to cook a meal tonight. And then by the time it's like been an hour, you're just like, I don't want to cook tonight. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm full. (laughs) I've just eaten like 50 different meals, like virtually. So yeah. It's a little bit like that. And I think that that would be another tip. And then I think my final one would be don't let a failure be the thing that completely crushes you. Like a lot of us do experience, and this is for everyone, I guess, experience this rejection sensitivity of, you know, I'm a failure. I can't do this. It didn't work on the first go. Mm. Um, You know, and I'm not privy to that. I experience it as well. Um, But it's just about reminding ourselves, particularly if we're trying to set habits or routines for those of us who struggle with that. Yeah. It's okay. Follow with continuity, not consistency. Shoot consistency away because consistency is going to be unrealistic given different demands and different variable days. Yeah. For continuity. Are you still working towards your goal? Are you still 
trying to do this? Is this not working? Cool. How can we adapt it? So it's really just about how can we keep progressing mm. and there is a halt. Amazing. How can we reflect on how we can change that gear? So I think that's probably as much advice as I could probably give there. I love that actually, because I struggle with consistency <laughs> and it's really interesting. I, um, I always batch create things. So I get like a yeah, I get like a, a moment of inspiration and I can sit down, I can go for a long time, but I can't do something small every day. Like it drives me nuts. So I love that. But then I always go, oh, you've got to be consistent. Like you see that crap online and then I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I love continuity. That's such a great word of am I doing something that is working towards my goal? And if that is a yes, then that's great. That's awesome also slide rest in with that because it's still contributing to your goal if you're, yes. you're actually giving yourself more energy to do those batch creations oh my god you have just blown my mind that is I'm taking that into 2024 thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh that is so good I love it I love it I love it so what's next for you what's on the cards this year so you mentioned the co-working space how is that evolving what can we expect to see from you this year Okay, so uh, next week's the launch um, and there are- Where are you based? Oh, Collingwood in Victoria. Collingwood, awesome, yeah. So there are four different rooms at the moment that are accessible in the year later. I will probably have an extra two. Currently, the two are being rented out by the major boss who I'm leasing from. Um, But they are like water, air, fire um, and earth. So I've made a- There's theme walls, but they're sensory friendly. So the entire space of the co-work thing, I've got- those little wiggle bum chairs. I've got um, the big jumbo balls, like the gym balls. Uh, I've got seats, beanbags. I've got a sensory space in my work area so that people can go there if they're overstimulated. I've got all of these things and I'm going to be hosting workshops and business related things so people can work on where they're going with their things um, as well as body double sessions, which is let's get our admin done, but together because it's really hard if we're not doing, if we're doing it alone, those kinds of things. Yeah, the launch for that is next week and I'm looking to get people in for rooms. So hopefully there'll be some accrual. I've got lots of people that have gotten tickets for the event. So here's hoping. Awesome. And with that, I'm going to maintain my couples therapy assessments and all of that in the background and a couples retreat in April. So I've got three couples already that have signed up looking for three more, but happy with just three as is. Um, but it's with neurodivergent couples, whether they have just one partner that's neurodivergent and one neurotypical, and it will be for like four long days, not those like crappy, like four, you know, four days, but they like leave at 10 AM. It's like a 3 PM, like leave thing in Dalesford. And, um, my partner and myself will actually be doing the workshops and the training. So I'm offering psychoeducation. I'm helping with communication differences, sensory things touch spiritual intimacy reiki all of those kinds of things embedded within it so i'm super keen for that one and uh all things sex relationships and intimacy that's my special interest so this is the probably the peak thing and if it goes well because this is the first retreat Mm -hmm. i would love to do more so yeah that's sort of what 2024 is striving towards but we will see 
That is incredible. I love that. How are you marketing this at the moment? So for all of the different things that you do, are you seeing any? So a lot of our um, community, well, a lot of business owners, we're always interested in how do we get more people in front of our stuff and buying our things? Are you seeing any channels like social or email or ads or anything like what's working for you at the moment to actually get the word out about all of your products and services? So I'm part of a few like neuroaffirming groups for clinicians and that's sort of where I've gone about with um, more just my general work. So like the um, therapy assessment stuff Yeah. Um, in terms of the um, hub and the co-work space and the retreats, I've been going for like Google ads and Facebook, Instagram ads. Mm-hmm. I've had quite a bit of response um, with that. It's just a really hard thing. So networking, not my thing. I'm like, I do like people, but I'm not a people person. I don't network in the same way that a lot of people do. So I think that being thrown into that space is a completely different, you know, we have our strengths, we have our weaknesses and I think networking is mine. So at the moment, I'm just grateful. I've got three couples signed on board, um, but also it's about who you know, I think is a big thing too. So I've got three guest speakers next week that, kind of are associated within the community and that's also what's helped to bring people in for the launch next week nice. so I think it's really about when you do networking I think it's just networking that would be my answer sorry it was a long tangent but I got there no I really like it because it's it's like very thoughtful in the sense that it is um you know I love that it doesn't have to be just a networking event right networking means so much more than that it means you know bringing people together you know through events it means bringing together experts it means like one-on-one stuff like I think networking kind of gets a bad rap because you think about going to one of those terrible you know, networking events, like, marketing events are bad. Here's my business card. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I'm like, ah. <laughs> no, I love it. That's really, really cool. I'm always interested because, you know, people are just hungry to try new things when it comes to growing their business. So, any piece of advice that um, you would give to another woman in business that has helped you through the last two years? Yes. Uh, listen to your body when it is communicating that you need to slow down uh there are actually a lot of signs that your body will tell you without you realizing so my immune system is absolutely shot I get sicker a lot faster for a lot longer Mm. um, particularly when I'm going through stress periods and I start to feel irritable um I'm not someone that often will be um irritated I get stressed I get anxious Mm. Uh, but the minute that it starts turning into irritability or feeling uh, resentful towards people needing me to do things or that kind of thing especially like compassion fatigue in the work that I'm in that Mm. is such a good cue for me to go where is my compassion what do I need to do for myself Mm. able to come back into this space without causing harm because at the end of the day it's our responsibility as business owners to keep our shit together um and we're providing either a service or a product or you know something to our community that actually needs to be coming from an authentic place and if I am irritable I am I'm not a pleasant person to be around so it's a really like inkling to me look after yourself, slow it down. Have I had any nourishing food? Have I gone to the bathroom? Have I had water? You know, how's my rest? And just like really checking in with myself. I think that that is probably the biggest and the furthest uh, that I can get in terms of like advice and where you can go trajectory wise. The more you rest, the more you get to actually do the things you love as well. 
I love it. Lil, you are absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your journey with the Spark community. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That wraps another episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. I hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey. We would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review. This helps the Spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business. If you want to hang out with us even more, join Spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a business growth tip. Check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.